Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. win tigers win <laughs> it took them a while to get the third out though took them a while to get that third out nevertheless they are able to win tonight versus central arkansas 10 to 4 struggled a little bit early struggled a little bit early uh but nevertheless they were able to complete it now what we are doing this is going to be a little bit of a later uh you know situation here we are watching the world baseball classic so we'll be watching the world baseball classic with you damn it god dog it damn if you're watching the world baseball classic at the current moment is the top of the ninth jeff mcneil walked and now the usa team has and mookie betts has just hit into a double play oh shohei otani is on the dish um Otani is on the dish and he gets the double play. Probably the best pitcher in all of baseball is on the dish right now. And now you have Mike Trout. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to just watch this um, USA Japan uh, ninth inning. So play by play is that'll be a ball one to Mike Trout. Trout has kind of struggled tonight. He had a couple of pair of, of strikeouts as well. Hit a double in the first. So we're going to be monitoring it. We're going to be monitoring it um, and go through there. We got a lot of LSU stuff we need to talk to as well. <laughs> we got a lot of LSU stuff we got to talk about as well. So we'll do that as soon as after here. And uh, Trout swings that 100-mile-an-hour fastball in the zone. That's going to be one-and-one one count for Mike Trout. So I agree with my counterpart here, Eric Weinberger, uh, I believe, when he said that this is the biggest marketing tool that baseball could have. Um, so yeah, looks like it's two one. I thought so. Well, so Jamie, you're Jamie. Um, you're going to see this stream a little bit behind me. You're going to see this stream a little bit behind me. 
Uh, Julius says, how that football team looking? We'll talk about that today as well. LSU had, has uh, their, well, they pick up back spring practice uh, as well. We'll talk about that big, 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 big time recruit uh, is on LSU's campus today. We'll touch on that as well. We'll recap some baseball as Trout swings at another 100-mile-an-hour fastball right down Yuhu Street. Uh, and it's going to be a 2-2 count. So deuces are wild. Mike Trout out to the play if you're just joining us. Shohei Otani is on the bump uh, as well. So Trout was trying to tie it up with that one. He was he, he was definitely trying to tie it up with that one. So uh, we'll get to a lot of LSU as soon as this World Baseball Classic's over. So it's kind of fun. Maybe we'll do some more of this. Maybe we'll just watch the game together. Maybe we'll do that on a weekend. It's going to be a ball, 102 miles an hour. <laughs> so full count, two outs, bottom of the ninth, Mike Trout, who's one for four tonight, versus Shohei Hotani, who has come into the night to close this. So two teammates are going at it. That's that last pitch, guys, 102 miles an hour. That's That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Just hit a home run. Just hit a home run. If he hits a home run and ties it, we'll just talk some LSU and we'll we'll keep our eyes on it. <laughs> How about that? I mean, it is almost 10 o'clock. Trout's going to strike out. Yeah. All right. Japan wins the the world, uh, the WBC. I'm text my brother. All right, so Japan wins it. They get their revenge. Good for you. Nananaboo-boo. Who gives a damn? You won. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, I care. I, I'm, I'm going to be a little honest with you here. I had watched every... Um, I had watched every um, World Baseball Classic USA game, so I did care. Uh, Jamie Fornberry. So let me, let me do this really quickly before I get to y'all's comments. So do us a favor, though by hitting the like and share, share to all of those social media groups, share to all of those social media pages. Let me just give you a very quick rundown of what we're going to talk about here tonight. LSU baseball postgame. I put some stats out there uh, today about left-handed pitching. Uh, those stats that were shared are wrong. That's not right. We'll talk some spring football. LSU had practice today. Some some key things at LSU practice. Massive recruit on campus. We just talked about the World Baseball Championship. Uh, a score update. We might go around the SEC if we have time. Rafino's rants, as we do every Tuesday and Thursday. Hashtag Ask Blake. Uh, Bonnie Terrio says, hello, Blake. How do they determine the preseason rankings? Um, what are you talking about, uh, Bonnie? Do you mean football or baseball? Football, they have no idea. Holden Lee says if the USA actually had their pitchers like Cole, DeGrom, and others, it wouldn't even be close. Well, they're not there. Holden, you know what I mean? Like, And DeGrom's coming off a couple of injuries. So, um, he's coming off a couple of injuries. So, what you going to do? What are you going to do? Rob Boudreaux says, hello. What's going on, buddy? Jacob Wiggins says, let's go. Let's do this thing. Dane Bertrand says, Blake, let's go. Absolutely. Jamie Fortenberry says, Rudy says, what's up? Where are you at? Where are you at? Bonnie says, in baseball, Blake, how do they come up with the rankings in baseball? So, basically, you just have one outlet that determines everything for rankings. That's normally either perfect game or D1 baseball. Everybody goes pretty much, I guess, really through uh, D1 baseball, if you will. There's not many rankings out there for you to determine who's the number one seed. Then 
at the end of all this, they give you a committee. So at the end of all this, you will uh, get a committee and you'll go from there. You'll go from there. So uh, baseball rankings is not um, baseball rankings is not something that you should you should kind of rag home uh, rag home about. Jamie Fornberry says, "Do you think Otani to the Yankees next year? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. He's a guys. He's the best player in the world. Okay, I, I just texted my brother. He he said the same thing. He is the literally, literally, literally." the best player in the world. There's no question. When you're throwing a 102-mile-an-hour fastball to strike out Mike Trout, who's probably the best player in the game, when when healthy, I mean, Trout went one for five tonight. He played horrible. No wonder why he hadn't gotten into the playoffs. Because what, look what he does in the clutch. Just being honest. His teammates struck him out. I, I know people love Mike Trout, but Mike Trout can be a little overrated. Yeah, I said it. Yes, I'm angry. And no, and yes, I'm wrong. He's not overrated. <laughs> Big J Cole says it was a Thompson Tuesday today, kind of like Taco Tuesday, but instead of tacos, it was Thompson. Yeah, he had a massive bomb. Uh, massive bomb. That really kind of opened the game up. He had a three-run bomb to make it 7-4, to four, break that tie. Was absolutely mass- massive. Tim Grace, congratulations, my friend. By the way, uh, congratulations is in order. I, if I'm not mistaken, now I need to go back and look. But if I'm not mistaken, I saw a picture of my man Tim Graves from Franktown, Franklinton, Louisiana, in the building, uh, saying, uh, are getting engaged. Now, 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 Tim, tell me if I'm wrong now. Tell me if I'm wrong. And if I'm not, congratulations. And if I am, I'm going to go ahead and shut up. <laughs> but congratulations, neither the way, man. Uh, Ryan on YouTube says, was Paul's Hub and BR today? I don't know, but that was crazy. That was crazy. I saw Brazzers like license plate holder. Insane. Insane. Stephen Fry, our good fries over at Fry Construction. You can give them a call. Uh, let me pull up the ad. <laughs> My bad. Well, hold on. It's just me tonight in here. Uh, but Fry Construction and Dirt Services, site and uh, site work and land development, oil and gas services, commercial construction, aggregate and soil hauling, waste containers, demolition, they do it all. 161 West Maple Street in Eunice, Louisiana, 337-457-5100. 337-457-5100. Let him know that Blake uh, at AYS sent you on by. He says, Bean Money can't catch a break, Blake. Kind of feel for the guy. Yeah, and what's crazy is, is everybody was poo-pooing on him after the fact, right? Like, um, poo-pooing on him after the fact. So, let we can recap. We're not going to do any commercials tonight, though, guys. That Only that one. I mean, go over to Bet Online. I mean, they have everything. They got like even uh, odds for, for if Trump's going to get arrested tomorrow or something like that. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Uh, but we'll break down this this baseball game uh, as well, and then we'll talk a lot of spring football and a massive, massive. I'm talking about absolutely massive big time recruit uh, is at LSU today. We confirm that uh, eyesight, baby, eyesight. So we'll talk about that. Uh, here tonight as well but very quickly uh look came out Blake Money was literally perfect through three then you had the the double uh that Cruz gave up and then a triple an RBI triple you just can't like he misplayed that and Blake Money was literally perfect through it the the interesting thing for me uh you know Dylan Cruz uh hit a massive bomb to to start it off 
Pearson with line drive and uh, hit a line drive single in the right field. Cruz would hit a massive bomb. Thompson later in the game would go ahead and hit a massive bomb. But this was something that I was really just paying attention to tonight. So if you follow us on Twitter, you know this and you saw this. But one thing that I was charting massively tonight was how did LSU do against left-handed pitching? The big debate has been... I guess maybe over the last couple of weeks and that LSU has been struggling about against left-handed pitching. Now, they went into the weekend last weekend at 260, uh, with a batting average of 265. Obviously, Saturday brought that up. But at, at the same time, statistically, they had some times where they faced left-handed pitching that they didn't look so hot. So I wanted to, to track it tonight. So look, 21 batters came to the plate for LSU when you saw left-handed pitching. You went 15 of 17, which isn't bad, which isn't bad. You had three Ks, um, and you had five walks in that as well. So, I mean, you had some really good plate appearances. LSU now is eighth in the country in, in walks. In the entire. So, they're taking really big league at-bats, okay? And, I mean, the guy was up there throwing 75, 80 miles an hour. Like, like I, get, I get all that. But you got to adjust, Right, like a lot of uh, you, you just got to adjust, right? So I know that sounds crazy, but man, if somebody's gonna throw you lollipops up there, you gotta smash, bro. And you know what? Great hitters do that. Ask Dylan Cruz, right? I mean, ask Dylan Cruz what he does. Jordan Thompson had a double and had a single. I mean, had a double and had a home run when he faced a when he faced a lefty. You got to adjust, man, and that's what great hitters do. One thing that I do like, um, and I hate this for Paxton Kling. I hate it, but do you put Kling out there again (sighs) instead of Joe Bear? Guys, I'll be honest. I'll just give Joe Bear the nod just to see what he does, and you can flip-flop it. You can rotate guys in and out if you need to, but I like Pearson in that one hole, man. So tonight they went Pearson Cruz. Love Dylan Cruz in that two-hole. I always did. Um, I I didn't mind him hitting three, but I love him in that two hole. Uh, Tommy White, Trey Morgan, Gavin Dugas, Jared Jones, Brady Jobert, Jordan Thompson, Alex Malazzo, who didn't do bad tonight as well. Um, so look, I, I think that that's a lineup you roll with, man. I think that's a lineup that you. Um, it's beard oil. Yeah, I'm getting it, it'll be it'll be taken down, cat by uh by Friday, but. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I, I like that lineup, and I think that you roll in with that lineup when it comes to uh, uh, this upcoming weekend against Arkansas, right? Like, I, I think that's what you're going to have to do. Pearson is, is on fire. You know, he had that he, – he, I mean, lead it off the game, frozen rope, in the right, Cruz comes up, bomb. But, I mean, when you do stuff like that, man, like when you do stuff like that, it's massive to get off – in the first inning, leading and getting runs in that first inning, you set a tone. Guys, you got 10 runs again tonight. So, offensively, you bounce back from Sunday, okay? You got Central Arkansas, who, by the way, I might add, Central Arkansas is not a pushover, right? Like, this is a team that went out and beat Vandy this season as well. Like, they're not pushovers. They got a really good squad. You beat them 10-4. to so I, I like how LSU had to come back and battle. Jordan Thompson was given a, 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 a you hoo high fastball, and he cranked it out in the left center. It's what you want to see, man. It's what you want to see. 
I, I mean, Dylan Cruz is still, if I'm not mistaken, still hitting above 500. He has more walks than strikeouts. He, he He's the best player, best position player. Let me just say this. Best position player in the country. He's the best position player in the country. Like, it's not remotely close. It's not remotely close. I, you guys know, um, some of you know my connection with um, some of these scouts and GM guys uh, in Major League Baseball. And a lot of them are really gushing over Paul Skeens. But when it comes to a position player, I mean, Cruz is set up perfectly because Pearson, for what he is, does he strike out a little bit? Yeah, but he's a really, really big contact guy. And when you put Cruz right behind Pearson, you're going to have to start throwing him fastballs. That happened tonight. And yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! So, I like the lineup, man. I, don't, I just don't think that you change it. I, I just don't think that you change it. But Central Arkansas had a really big fourth, right? But you did respond. Thompson came out and hit a single, and then later, uh, I mean, hit a double, excuse me. Uh, you got the infield single to tie the game uh, from Pearson, the little dribbler down the, the, the third baseline. Cruz would walk, and then Tommy White, who kind of struggled a little bit tonight, uh, would have, hit into a fielder's choice in the bottom of the fourth. Sixth inning is where it, is where it really, really started to blow up, right? Um, fifth and sixth inning. Morgan fly out, Dugai fly out. But here's the biggest thing. LSU with two outs. He was the, the biggest star that I have for the night uh, at the plate. So bottom five, you're tied 4-4, right? Morgan would fly out to left field. Dugas would fly out to center field. Then Jones would have a nine, I wrote this down, a nine pitch at bat. He would garner a walk. Joe Bear would have a walk. And then Thompson would hit the 3-1 bomb. Then Malazzo would walk. And then Pearson would ground out. So think about this, man. Two, two out hitting is massive. That is what won you the game. You have a true freshman that's at the plate having a nine pitch at bat. Nine pitch at bat. And he's able to do what he did. Right? Like you can't, you can't emphasize. You cannot emphasize how massive that is that you have a freshman having a nine pitch at bat, garners a walk, and then you have another guy in Joe Bear who also has had strikeout issues. Both of those guys have had strikeout issues. Both of them garner walks, and then Thompson goes out there and hits a bomb. That's a big deal. That's I think for me, if you, if you had an inning of the night, if you had a, a play of the night or a, a sequence of the night, that would be it. And I, I don't think it's remotely close, just due to the simple fact that you that you have two guys that you that you literally literally are facing dead in the eye, things that they've struggled and battling that to plate with two two outs, and then you see it. Jared Jones is kind of coming into his own now. Does Jared Jones say in that in that seven six five six seven mark, probably, uh, just due to the strikeouts? But when he explodes and he's having good at bats. He's the best, one of the best freshmen in the country. Him and Jack Hagley on at Florida are fantastic. So we'll pull up those baseball scores too when we go around the uh, SEC uh, as well. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, so let's get to a couple comments though. Everybody do us a favor. There's a lot of you in here. There's a lot of you in here. So especially you guys on YouTube. There's 80 of you in YouTube. 25 likes. 
Hit the like button, bro. Do your boy a solid. Do your boy a solid. Brandon Reese don't ever let up, dog. He don't ever be letting up. Let's talk some football, Blake. <laughs> I hear you. Dane Bergeron says, I agree with the lineup. Also, keep Morgan at first base. He's so athletic, and he could snag uh, airs. I agree with that. Cat Clark says, um, Blake, you need some beer. Oh, I know. I know. It's getting out of bounds. It's getting out of bounds here, but I'm getting a haircut on Friday. Shout out to our good friends over at the Bearded Barber. What time is it? 20 minutes into the show? Hell, I'm going to sit Matt Austin this. So if you're ever in Hammond, and literally, literally, the uh, I know you guys are getting on my beard, right? I know you're getting on my hair um, like you just did in the chat, cat. Um, but nevertheless, Friday, Bearded Barber Hammond, if you're in the local area, you guys, and I, this is not a pay promotion, right? Like, not a pay promotion, uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, Good friends of ours here in Hammond. They do a great job. Matt Austin's the dude. Uh, always lining your boy up. Always lining your boy up. Brandon Graziano says, U.S. just lost World Baseball Championship. That they did. That they did. Uh, Tim Graves says, yes, sir. I got engaged. Shout out to you. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Uh, Sip G228. 228 area code. Is that like uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast? You repping the 228, brother? Mississippi Gulf Coast? Says Pearson needs to lead off, in my opinion. I agree with that, Sip. I agree with that, Sip. No question about it. Um, Kevin Forche says the difference now versus then is we are taking care of midweek games like we should. In the past, midweek games were so hard to watch. Well, a lot of schools of thought there, right? A lot of schools of thought there. I think Jay put some emphasis on it. I think Jay put some pretty pretty high emphasis on it. Because, look, at the end of the day, if you're in a situation in the baseball committee, and, and I will tell you this, Jay Ortiz has been a part. I don't, I don't think if he, he still is. I don't know. He's been a part of the, the committee. Uh, I don't really remember. I, I really don't remember who the other um, – Think it was another Southland Conference coach, but I, I can't necessarily remember. Um, but you've had a couple people on this committee, and when you see a lot of wins, right? Like just a lot of wins, you're gonna get a lot of benefit of the doubt. Because these these guys aren't researching all 64 teams, right? Like they're just not. And you have these automatic bids in there and stuff like that. So it is, it is what it is. Dane Bergeron says, Blake, my son lives in Georgia and watches your show regularly. Awesome. I dig it. I dig it. I 1,000% dig it. We'll see. Cat Clark, who was making fun of my beard earlier, says, clutch players just step up. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. So, midweek game, I'm not spending more than, than 25 minutes on uh, a midweek game. I mean, you guys saw it. You know what it is. Um, so Tavion Galloway did just say flip season. Hmm. <clears throat> let me let me send a text and find out. Let me find a text and find out. What's funny is, is it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm doing a show. 
Hold on. I just got a text back. Hold on. Hold on. Adam B. in the chat, he's the one who sent it, who DM'd it to me. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll talk about it on the AYSS message board. How about that? AYSSnetwork.com. Go subscribe for $7. Um, oh, God damn. Okay. Ooh. Maybe Tavion is on to something. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll give a, a, a write-up on it. Um, yeah, so let's do this. At the end of the show or tomorrow morning, I'll give a write-up on it. Jason Brumfield says he may be talking about a kid he convinced to flip. Nah, it's not what's going on. Hong, uh, Hong, I hope I'm saying your name correct. He says, let's go to football and recruiting. All right, so let, let, let's do that. So today, LSU picked it back up uh, on the practice field. A lot of the same stuff, man. A lot of the same stuff. So something that we talked about, and I don't expect this to – I do expect this to change, okay? How it's going to change, I don't know. What player is going to be – it's going to change, I don't know. But let me just emphasize this. So I, I think the biggest thing for me right now is you have one guy – so Brian Kelly – talked about today in his press conference about Denver Harris needing to work himself back into uh, getting in good graces with people. He talked about how a lot of people called him and, you know, gave Denver Harris um, a lot of backing. Uh, it's a lot of what we reported with, you know, some boosters getting involved in this because they know his stepdad and things like that. And good for him. Like, Everybody does deserve a second chance, but it also goes to confirm the reporting that we had, and there was a lot of bad reporting out there that wasn't true. So you can be on the message board. You can go back and watch our shows. Like, we told you exactly what was going on there. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. But the interesting thing about this DB room is you do have Denver Harris, who's running with the twos, and Deuce Chestnut, who was out for, for spring practice. So the two, two starting corners that you saw today – are going to be Zy Alexander, who some people have chatted with me about, especially if you're there, um, who has kind of, I don't want to say locked that down, but looks very good so far. Hearing some things about J.K. Johnson. Can he be fast enough? Can he take over in that slot position? We'll find out. And then freshman, the the freshman, uh, and J.V. and Taviano, who's a midterm and rolling, he obviously... Um, has been with the ones in the last time when we talked to Wilson Alexander, we were both out there. And Javen Taviano running with the ones. Do I think ultimately maybe something flips there? Yes, because I just don't know if Taviano is going to start as a boundary corner when you have Denver Harris, Deuce Chestnut, and Zy Alexander. Do they move him in the inside? Do they do something special with him? Maybe. I just don't know. Now, can he? Is he talented enough to do it, being a top 50 recruit in the country? Absolutely. Like, I am not taking anything away from that young man. He's just very smart. He's got a high football IQ. He's a willing tackler. Is he going to play a lot for a freshman, I should say, at least, at minimum? Yes. He'll probably be on all your special teams. Just not going to write off Denver Harris not be running with the ones when you're only a handful of spring practices into this, right? 
So I, I do believe, I, I do believe that you see in a situation where that DB room, they're kind of rotating guys in and out. One thing that I know for sure, and when you go out there and you just talk to people, I, I really think that they, you know, what, so here's something that's interesting too, is, and you got to take it, you got to take it with how, especially if you know how coaches speak. So if you played sports, right? Like you grew up watching playing sports. Some of you have a relative idea of what coach speak is, but you go out into that football field too. And some people are talking about how fast JK Johnson is, but can he pick some things up? So we'll see. So when you go around that DB room and you see Javin Taviano rotating with the ones, you got Zy Alexander from, uh, from Southeastern Louisiana on the other corner. You do have Deuce Chestnut that's out, but it does ask you to start begging the question after Brian Kelly's comments. You know, Denver Harris is going to have to work himself into a couple of these things. And per Brian Kelly, has not been an issue whatsoever and at all when it comes to him being on LSU. And the one thing that Brian Kelly talked about so glowingly today that I love him for doing is he says, guys, we we have built a culture where, he, where people can thrive here. So what does that mean? What is Brian Kelly really telling you there, right? Like, what is he, what is Brian Kelly really telling you when it comes to, when it comes to what he's saying about people getting second chances and then thriving at LSU? He's telling you he's changed the culture, right? So if you, if for whatever reason, LSU winning the West, LSU having a 10 win season, LSU doing a lot of successful things, doesn't, doesn't show you that the culture's changed at LSU. Brian Kelly addressed it today and told you guys the culture's changed. We can take in a guy like Denver Harris and work with him because our culture's changed. Y'all let me know if I'm if I'm kind of messed up on stream because it says we're messing up a little bit. So y'all let me know in the chat. Is our stream messing up a little? Just hit me up. But I I like the simple fact that Brian Kelly acknowledges that he's changed the LSU football culture after Ed Orgeron to what he wants to get it to. Now, is there maybe some things they got to work on? Yeah, I think that there's some things that are, that are that he um, that he needs to work on with some things that are still going on. Some of that uh, you already know what that is. But he's changed the culture. He's acknowledging that that culture's changed, and you could see it in the way that they practice. Guys, you're light years away. You are light years away from where you were last season at this exact same moment. Light years away. So we'll see. I think Brian Kelly, basically, guys, I, I really do think if you just listen to Brian Kelly's press conference today, I've never had, I've never said this, but if you really just. Like, so I'm going down my notes of things that you see, things that you don't see, okay? And you could damn near go down Brian Kelly's hit list in his press conference today. Bada bink, bada boom, bada bink, bada boom. Those questions just being answered. They're thin, it seems like, in the running back room for spring. <laughs> Excuse me. They are thin at some positions. They're not thin along the offensive line, though. They're not thin 
at defensive line to some extent. Now, you get Mason Smith back and other things like that. One thing that I do want to bring up, if you watched the segment last night with Carter Bryant and myself, a big thing, a big thing that me and Carter discussed was LSU being 80th in the country in sacks, tied for 80th in the country in sacks. That's a big deal. And I'm going to be focused a lot more on that defensive line. He was asked about Mason Smith today. He talked about how dominant he had been, and they really need to get that interior pressure. But it was something that we talked about at great length last night, at great length last night, about getting that interior pressure. Because, guys, quite honestly, quite honestly, you can't be saved by Harold Perkins and B. Joe Ojolari for long periods of time. You got to get pressure on the quarterback. Brian Kelly addressed that today. And I got it. Look, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, I give Jamar Kane massive amounts of credit for how he was able to. I, I, I don't mean this disrespectfully, but in some extent, he was able to advance guys from that defensive line room. Okay. You got to get better in the interior. And that's not a shot at Jamar. Without him, it would have been much worse. I think that you would have been much worse on the defensive line if Jamar Kane wasn't here and able to elevate you in how they did things in the interior. Like, I fully believe that. You know who else said that today? Brian Kelly. Like, literally talked about that today. But to those guys in that interior of that defensive line, you got to pick it up. You go get Parrish Shan. You got Makai Wingo. You got Jacoby and Guillory back. It's time to step it up. So say I'm calling out the interior defensive line, whatever. I th- and I talked about last, you know, I, I, I've said what I said, but God bless Jamar Kane. <laughs> God bless him because things could have gotten much worse, but he's got to get some, some help on that interior. So to whoever, if you're, if you're big in NIL, go get some guys in that interior defensive line. Because the man went and got reinforcements for you. He, he did all that he could do, right? You go out and get a guy like Deshaun Womack, who today Brian Kelly talked about, him being the most vers- one of the most versatile, if not the most versatile guy on that defensive line. Basically, what he's telling you is, with all due respect, what Brian Kelly mentioned today about Deshaun Womack, who, by the way, got here because of Jamar Cain, your defensive line coach, he's telling you that he is a 260 260- Pound Harold Perkins. It's what he's telling you. So Jamar has done his part. You got upperclassmen along that interior defensive line. Jalen Lee being one of them. Jordan Jefferson, who we need to wait to see him in there too. We could legitimately, right? Like we can legitimately come into the spring and you have Mason Smith, I mean, come into the fall, excuse me, come into that first fall practice or summer practice, and you're completely different on that interior defensive line with guys like Jordan Jefferson, with guys like Mason Smith, you got Makai Wingo, and, and, and that continues, Jalen Lee, who can be a rotational piece, that continues to, you know, move itself. But that was my biggest number two because we had talked about that massively last night massively last night. And then 
So let me turn over to the other side of the ball, okay? Flipping over to the other side of the ball here for just a quick second. I told you Jane Daniels looked bigger. Now everybody's like, oh, well, Jane Daniels looks bigger. Well, no shit. You actually got to go to practice. You, you got to go to practice and look at them. Here's, here's something that I'm going to continue to monitor. Uh, now on the flip side of the interior defense, uh, on the offensive line, let's flip the ball. Let's flip the side. Guys, I, I, I told you this last year, and you ridiculed me to some extent. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this again now. I'm going to tell you this again now. When you're able to run the football the way that LSU does, stop telling me about how bad their defense or their offensive line is. Look this up because some people like to comment on our show and say, oh, Blake doesn't prepare for shows. He, he never prepares for shows, which is never the truth because here are show notes. Want to do a podcast for a living? Here are show notes. Sitting at lunch, just be thinking about shit and need to write it down. Okay. Here's the thing that I'm monitoring, though, about this offensive line. Guys, last year you ran the football for 184 yards per game. To be exact, 183 yards per game. Or 184 yards per game. Or 183.9, excuse me. Lost train of thought. You ran on 37 attempts, 184 yards. Guys, it's five yards per carry. You average three touch rushing touchdowns per game. And you're going to try to sit here and tell me and tell me that you didn't run the ball at an effective clip. Guys, you were running 71.2 plays per game. 453.1 total yards per game. Here's another thing that I bet you didn't know. Not only did you run the ball for 184 yards per game, guys, on average, you ran, you threw the football at uh, 269.3 yards per game passing. And you want to sit here and tell me that the offensive line's poo. Where? I will give you I will give you Florida State and Cam Wire. Other than that, do they miss some things? Yes. Do they miss some of did the freshmen last year get bullied sometimes because they're freshmen? Yes. Did they bully people? Also, yes. Have they gotten another year of experience under their belt? Are they hungry? Are they ready to go out there and roll? Also, yes. So when I look along the offensive line for just a second, uh uh-oh, getting a phone call. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, all right, all right, all right, we're back, we're back. Sorry, it was making me accept the phone call. (laughs) Uh, So when you put out a late text... When you put out late text about recruiting and people start calling you and it's connected to everything that you're doing on accident through Bluetooth, didn't want y'all to hear who was calling. <laughs> it was almost that was almost bad. It was almost really bad. Nevertheless, getting back to the offensive line, I think that they're gonna be fine there. Mason Lunsford or, or Lunsford and others. And then you got Lance Hurd coming in, man. You got Lance Hurd coming in. I've always, I've always said, I've always said 
if Brian Kelly's able to bring his offensive line that he had at Notre Dame here with what you'll see with skill players who, guys, I'll, I'll be a little frank with you, okay? I want to see them. I want to see them grow up a little bit. Here's number three. So we'll, we'll, or we'll and that's number three. We'll talk, or number four. We'll talk about that in just a second. I, I really like what I'm seeing along the offensive line, even though Charles Turner's out. Like, like I really do. So, say what you want to, but going back to it, going back to it, dude. I will if anybody wants me to. I will literally, literally send you the link or the link if you want all of these stats. If you want these stats, I will send them to you. Guys, did you know that you had the 24th uh, best scoring offense in the country last year? 34.5 points per game. 24th. Okay? That comes on, that comes on three things. Number one, when you're throwing the football at that high of a clip, at 34.3 attempts per game, at 67% completion percentage rate, 184 yards per game on the ground, five yards per carry. Oh, and by the way, by the way, for whatever it's worth, for its ever, for whatever it's worth, you have a quarterback that had 17 rush. Or I mean, 17 passing touchdowns. Let me go to rushing. But you had he had 11 rushing touchdowns. Josh Williams had six. Noah Kane had 10. John Emery had six. Armani Goodwin, who played a third of the season, had five. And Derek Davis had one. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a mathematician. I'm not a mathematician. So let me get out a handy dandy calculator. My my math teachers always used to tell me that I never have one. Well, you were lying. You're dang ass off. Five plus one. God, oh, God dog it. Hold on. 11 plus six plus 10 plus six. Guys, you had 33 rushing touchdowns in 13 games. So let me divide that by 13. I bet it's going to be like three. 2.5 2. 5, uh, rushing TDs per game. All right, fourth part, and well, I'll give you. I'll talk to you about this recruit that was on campus today. All right, so massive thing we talked about the running back room is a little light. Brian Kelly spoke about that today as well. Um, guys, they're going to be fine there. They're going to have depth. Trey Holly's just really going to get a crap load of of reps. Which, if you want to break this down a lot, should we talk more about Trey Holly in this running back room? Yes, yes. Like I'm not, I'm not diminishing that. Should we talk more about Trey Holly in this running back room? Yes, uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna table that though, because I do think John's gonna be back for the fall. I think John Emmer's gonna be back for the fall. You still got Noah Kane. Um, Josh Williams is gonna return. Armani Goodwin. We were told today is not gonna be back until fall camp is opened back up. And then you got Caleb Jackson and Trey Holly that are coming in. I, I know that they're thin for the spring. I just don't really like how can I how can I come out here and like tell all of you right now, all oh, the running back room looks like this. Guys, they're they are so depleted there right now because of guys not guys not there. It's insane. It's insane. So 
I'll skip the running backs. Quarterbacks, we'll talk about that all offseason. I'm going to actually table the quarterbacks as well, too. Although it is a little bit noticeable, um, I will add, I, I, I will add, it is a little bit noticeable that Jane's gotten bigger, and so has Garrett put on a little muscle, too. So shout out to Jake Flint. I think I'm going to do a segment on Jake on Jake Flint um, tomorrow. Want to go to the receivers? Aaron Anderson's out, and Brian Kelly said that you could pencil him in as in the slot as of right now. Flip this page. Um, that you could pencil him in the slot. Matt Trent from WBRZ who joins us usually every Thursday, um, which he will be on with us Thursday as well. Um, he asked Brian Kelly in the press conference today about Malik Neighbors and said, guys, he's the unequivocal uh, uh, leader of that of that wide receiver room. I got to I got to be a little blunt when it comes to Malik Neighbors and something that I talked about on the Rafino and Joe show, but I think it it bars it, it bars talking about it here, guys. Without Malik Neighbors last year, you would have been in big trouble, right? You would have been in some pretty big trouble uh, if Malik Neighbors um, wouldn't have stepped up and been the dude that he was, guys. He had seventy two catches last year, one thousand seventeen yards. Here's a massive thing for me. Guys, he had 14.1 uh, uh, yards per catch. So every time he caught the ball, he was gaining, at, at average, it was about 14 yards. Big thing that he's got to ramp up. Now, that's not all his fault. I think massively, massively due to the just the simple fact you, your quarterback's got to throw more touchdowns. But he had three touchdowns. I'm not going to really hold that really hold that against him. Massive. Like, especially when Kayshawn Bouti calling it what it is, had more than just a down season. He had a bad season. Okay, 48 catches to his standards, I should say. He had a bad season to his standards. 48 catches, 538 yards, and two touchdowns is going to cut it. When you got Jure Jenkins out there with leading your team in touchdown receptions with six. You know, what's something that we talk about all offseason, and fans talk about this at great length, and I'm with you. Is the talent in that wide receiver room really good? Meaning just like pure overall talent? No question. No question. You have a lot of absolute just raw and pure talent. Pure, pure talent in that receiver room. But. Got to pick it up a little. Got to pick it up a little. Okay. So this might be the episode where this might be the episode where we sit here and we talk and this are just some of my criticisms. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to do that really. I'm not, I'm not really trying to, um, I, cause I really don't want this show to be that, but so cat so, so like cat says this we're stacked at wide receiver cat we're gonna have to get a little bit more production okay brian thomas had 31 catches 361 yards last year five touchdowns jerry jenkins who led your team in touchdown receptions gone kyron lacy had 24 catches 268 yards no touchdowns jack bash 16 catches 200 yards one td okay now you get guys in like jalen brown you get guys in like uh, Sheldon Sampson Jr., can those guys be immediate impact guys? We'll have to wait and see. Mason Taylor's out. Does he take another step forward? 
but that's tight ends. I'm talking about specifically receivers. You know that you got a dude in Malik, right? Like unequivocally, you have a dude in Malik. Who are going to be the other guys that step up around him? Because relatively, we don't know what Aaron Anderson can do. We know the hype around him. And if you can execute with him, fantastic. There's just going to have to be some guys that that legitimately, legitimately step up around Malik Neighbors. You can't lead the country in drops. I said country. You can't lead the SEC in drops. You, you just can't. So, I, I, I guess my take is what you hear from the natural narrative of people that cover LSU, well, if this, you know, this guy and this guy and this guy can do good, no, you can't do it like that. You got to take position group by position group. I, I will promise you this. I will promise you this. Name a time that you hear a coach that you hear a coach, he might single out an individual, but when you talk to a coach in a press conference, you say, coach, what, is, what are some things that didn't go right today? He'll say, well, the entire defensive line, and you could say, well, Blake, that's coach speak. He's not going to single anybody out when it's bad, and you're right there. Like, right, like you're right. But when he says the D-line, he calls out everybody. When he says the O-line, he calls out every O-lineman. He's not going to single out everybody. You're a unit when you come to those things. I, I guess I guess my take is that the maybe just the natural narrative around LSU might not be all the worries that I specifically have for this team. Right? Because I'm not, you know, I guess I come off as the big analytical guy now, but I'm not analytical. Like I'm you gotta you gotta combine both to some extent, but I mean when I, when I come out here and I tell you, you know, I had a, a, a coach tell me who watches the show and he was like, well, Blake, I think that sometimes you just need to put those analytics with what you see on film. Because if what you're seeing on film is translating to the analytics, you're probably right. And if you're wrong, maybe you need to go back and look at it. And he's 1,000% he's right. Again, 80th in sacks. You lead the SEC in drops. Those are things that you got to come out into a situation and improve on. Maybe I'm born. Maybe I'm born the shit out of you with all this, but I think this is some of my best work. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Whether you like to admit it or not. Whether deep down in the deep confines of where you're at right now, you don't want to admit it. I am telling you, the stats back that up. You know, here's my thing too, okay? Don't tell me that LSU's not throwing the football either, by the way. Guys, in 14 games, they went to, in 14 games, LSU averaged 34 passing attempts per game. 34. The defense, the passing attempts that were against them, 30. Okay. Jaden had eight, 388 passing attempts. Garrett Nussmeyer had 84. Garrett had 800 yards. Jaden had 2,900. 
Now, do you got to get the ball down the field? Yes. But don't tell me that you're not, don't tell me that you aren't getting your receivers involved when you're throwing the ball 35 times a game, especially when especially when you're complaining about your quarterback running the ball that much. Oh, well, oh, well, you know, you know, you know, we got to get a rhythm with the receivers. Now, I agree with that. Like, like, I, like, I 1000% agree with you on that. Jaden's got to hit passes down the field. I, I'm with you. I, I, we are on the same side here. And what I think about LSU fans sometimes when we come on the show and we, we discuss about it, okay, is, I want to see the exact same thing that you do. <laughs> I want the same exact outcome. If you're an LSU fan, I want the same exact outcome as you do. Don't get that twisted for anything that you know, see, or hear. Got to get better at, at these areas, man. You can't say, well, get my guys in a rhythm when you're averaging 35. Let's round up. 35 passing attempts per game. Don't do it. Get to a couple comments. Those are my notes. Those are my notes. Omar Spates. The guy, let, me, let me say this. I'll write this down. Because I, I, I circled him again. Uh, Omar Spates, dude. Omar Spates is a dude. Unequivocal dude. I posted this on YouTube shorts. I think, I think, I think I posted this on YouTube shorts. I might have to reshare this. Remember the, remember the first time I, I told you when I saw Harold Perkins, I get those same feelings and goosebumps about Omar Spates. <laughs> Eric Wright says, didn't BK report that nine guys ran over 20 miles per hour marker or something like that, elite speed is back in the building. Eric, he did say that. He did say that. That's great. That's fantastic. Who are those nine? I would love to know who those nine are. But And I get what you're saying about the receivers. At the same time, guys, you got to admit, since 2020, since Terrence Marshall left, you can say Kayshawn had some moments. You can say Kayshawn had some moments. I'm with you. You're right there. But when we talk about as a core, like a, an actual core, I don't want – and you could really talk about Malik this year, really. Thousand yards, seventy-two catches. Like you could talk about Malik this year. You're gonna have to get some more guys to have more production. Right? Like, because Dre, for what it's worth, Dre Jenkins, guys, from his catches to touchdown ratio is absolutely insane. It's absolutely insane. He had twenty seven catches with six touchdowns, four hundred and four yards. That's kind of insane. You know what we don't talk about? Jane Daniels got a receiving touchdown <laughs> on that Philly special from this past year. Um, Roderick says, truth, bro. Jamie Fortenberry says, who was the top recruit that visited today? Anybody? I'll tell you in just a minute. Um, Don, don't put tomatoes in your gumbo on YouTube. Says, I love this football talk, man. I'd rather listen to this than watch some stupid shows on TV, brother. Thank you. Cat Clark says, thank you. I appreciate that, Don. Uh, Blake, C Coach BK doing his thing. 
just like Kim Mulkey. It's true. Uh, gamers back in town. Ghastly Gamer says Japan always beats us. No, they don't. You're gonna make me say it. You're gonna, Ga Gamer. I feel like you're trying to set me up to get canceled. That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like. I think you're trying to get me to say something like, you know, and and this, I'm not saying this, okay? I, like, Gamer's trying to get me to say something like, you know, okay, well, we still won the war. <laughs> you know? I feel like that's what Gamer's trying to set me up to do. I think Don sent me this earlier. Um, and then I'll get to this recruit. This, so I'll get to your comments and... Um, I'll get the recruit next. Let me answer this. He says, thoughts on Colin Hurley ranking on 247. Today he was ranked, I think, the 23rd best quarterback in 24. Um, so let me tell you their logic. Here's their logic. So you want to know why Colin Hurley is falling in the rankings? Here's the logic. Because they say that nobody that has moved up in classification has done well. That's their, that's their justification. So the recruiting gurus have, what, five, six quarterbacks and then go off of? I, I don't know how many guys have reclassified and done that. They give examples like Quinn Ewers, uh, JT Daniels, and others. Um, and so apparently, since those guys didn't have success, they, they in turn, say, well, Colin Hurley is, could go down the same lines. You know, if, if, if other guys do it, then maybe he'll do it. So they don't look at the kid individually that they don't even say that they talk to him. If he's the 23rd best quarterback in the country, you know, I mean, look, go look. These guys have missed. Let me just, I'm going to pull up a random year. Hold on. Um, let me do this. Let me go to, let me go to, um, two, four, seven. Let me just pull up a random year. Pull up a random, random, random year. Kind of want to go all the way back to 2018. Because that was my, uh, I mean, 2008. That was the year that uh, I graduated. Um, they don't have, okay. Well, they don't have the rankings in order in 2008. Maybe let's go to just a random year. Uh, not in there in 14 either. Okay, let's try 15. Well, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I don't know why this isn't pulling up. God dog it. Let me see. Maybe let's just go 2020. Will they have it in 2020? Yeah. Twenty twenty No, they don't have it for 2019. So some guys that they maybe missed on, Justin Fleming. Um, they've changed this. They've changed this. They've 1,000% changed this. I don't know, 247 stripping. All right. Y'all don't want to sit here and hear all that. A couple more comments and we're rolling. Uh, F ranking, LSU should know with F, Joe, F and Joe Burrow. Uh, Dean Bergeron says Japan's revenge was losing World War II. I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Come on, man. If you can't take a joke, but you know, 
I guess people can really hit you for stuff. stuff. Uh, and they could take – see, here's the bad thing about somebody who, who who is in my position. Like if I – you know, we're about to do this TV deal or whatever, and, you know, people will take what you say out of context. So you got to be careful what you say on here. All right. Got some recruiting news for you, and I think then we'll call it because it's 1038 at night, uh, 1040 at night. So the number one – so I couldn't find this – for whatever reason, because 247 was being stupid. Um, Traydez Green was on campus today. Um, eyeball witnesses confirm. Uh, I did put a more exclu- exclusive write-up in um, the AYSSnetwork.com forum. So if you want to, seven bucks a month, go over there, subscribe, whatever. Let me just say this. Here are some things that I do know. The question had kind of been, and a lot of questions to me about Trey Des Green from East Feliciana, 6'6", 250 pounds, if you don't know who he is. Um, what's been going on with him? You didn't hear a lot from LSU. He's on campus today. Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. If you really think that Brian Kelly is not going to go after a tight end who's the number one player in his state, who is an absolute freak of nature, and tight end being a position that he's known for, along with the offensive line, that he's not going to go after the best recruit in the country, or not country, but best recruit in his state, you're crazy. You're absolutely insane. Uh, He took in practice today. I know that he was shown around the facilities and red carpet, literally. Red carpet service came for Trey Des Green today. So I think it's a massive deal, man. Like, if you can start piling in some of these massive in-state recruits, and this is when you start having the conversation, did you, did you get to a place really quickly under Brian Kelly where you lock some things down? How massive was the Frank Wilson hire? How much is this recruiting staff, how massive it is that Brian Kelly selected the right people? Jordan Arsenal, Bobby, Sherman, et cetera, et cetera, Will Redmond, et cetera, et cetera, that you get you get to a legit place, a, a very legitimate place where maybe you don't see now Saban's gonna come and try come in here and try to pick some guys. Like, let's not get that twisted at all. However, you start taking care of what's going on up top, you can be selective in what you're doing. Guys, trade. A lot of people say trade does. You know, let me just say. Let me also say this. There is a, 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 a two schools of thought about the young man. Some people on the on the recruiting boards that you're subscribed to don't think he can play, even though they've never seen him in person play. And if you ask, I would dare you to go and ask those people if they've seen trade trade Des Green. I'm not talking about this Rudy Poo ticky tack flag tag. Rudy Poo, uh, uh, seven on seven. Have they seen the man play in person? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. If you've seen the kid in person, what does he do in the in line of scrimmage? What does he do blocking? What's his speed like? What's his 40 like? What did you get around him when... The offense didn't convert a fourth down, and he came over to the sideline. How did he react? And then how did his teammates react around him? 
Guys, when you go to high school games, you already know if a guy's a really good recruit or not. You could tell within the first five minutes of seeing him and and watching him run up live and in person in pads, I might add, can this dude play or not? You will know within the first five minutes. I'm telling you. The things that I know for a fact that guys go around and talk more more than anything, ask any scout in any profession anywhere, what is it? What is he like personality and character-wise? When crap hits the fan, because once you leave high school, crap's going to hit the fan a lot, a lot, especially for a young man that doesn't know upwards, sideways, whatever's going on with him. How's it going to be? What does his teammates think about him? Because those are the people that grew up around him for, in their life, right? Like, they know him better than you ever could. They know about the little rumors in the towns. You know, like, every town has a rumor mill. Every town has a rumor mill. They know all, and, and if your town is like my town, you know everybody's BS and junk. Now, maybe our town was a little bit more gossipy than yours is, Okay. But everywhere I've gone and lived, there's serious gossip always going on. And, I, and the great thing about it is I'm never in the thing. I shouldn't hear some of the gossip my family spreads. Did you hear about Bobby Joe? No. What happened to Bobby Joe? Well, he got an infected toenail the other day. Okay, well, why in the hell do I need to know about it? Well, long story short, his infected toenail wind up leading to him meeting a nurse and then he's been cheating on his wife with the nurse well how old's the nurse well she's like 36 oh okay well what's her name well yada 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 you mean that girl was cheating on with him because of this 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 and this i don't know don says also that 2025 quarterback george mcintyre yeah five star dude's legit i think is his name yeah. Yep. Yep. I thought he said he was coming this week. I did not visibly see him. Now, was he on there? I don't know. I did not visibly see him, but Trey Des Green was for sure. Trey Des Green was for sure. Uh, Adam B says, are they, Blake, are there any concerns about Golding trying to poach for Kiffin? Absolutely, there are concerns. Absolutely. Because Golden was, I mean, Golden was not their golden ticket. No, I was looking for my pencil and I grabbed my pen. He wasn't their uh, golden ticket inside the state. There was another dude from Louisiana in that in that building uh, that does that. But, I mean, Pete Golden's a hell of a recruiter, man. You know, there there might be some three stars that you don't, you don't go up and get. They're going to get them. They're going to get them. Can they flip a four-star? Yeah, I think they can. With, with Pete, they can. Uh I want to do a Rafino's rant. Speaking of Kiffin, maybe think of Saban's short ass. Um, hmm. Maybe I'll, I'll table that. But when, if I table that that Saban thing, it'll just be, you know, nobody will nobody will remember it, you know, because it's already be done through the news. I posted a video today. Go to believe and, and listen to it. <laughs> if if you want to know how I feel. so stupid so stupid all right guessing it up tomorrow we're going to talk some more football talk we'll maybe get into some baseball as well till then we will see you all tomorrow so we embark on this uh going live once a day 
throughout the day of March. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.